Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning and welcome to On The Pace on a Monday morning. Michael Ge- Michael Gear and joining me for the next half an hour to talk all things Harness at a pretty exciting time for the industry on both sides of the Tasman. Coming up in about 10 minutes, we have an exclusive interview with Ricky May, the back from the dead driver who reached an important milestone in New Zealand today or yesterday. But firstly, a young lady who's reached an important milestone is Gemma Hewitt because she has one of her horses cashed up who she owns in the $250,000 Rising Sun at Albion Park in Brisbane this Saturday night. And Gemma, firstly, congratulations and thank you for joining us. That must be a real thrill. Yeah, good morning, Mick. Yeah, thank you. It's an absolute thrill and and bit of a shock. Um, definitely wasn't on our radar, but to be invited into a race like that's just an an unreal opportunity. He obviously won the uh, on Saturday night, on the last on the card. He he trailed and had the right run to win, but he beat the New Zealand size stakes champion and American dealer. So, Jimmy, his improvement curve just seems to be getting steeper and steeper. Yeah, he's just been improving all year, Mick. Um, like his first run from a spell, like first run as a three-year-old was in the New South Wales Derby heats, and and then he made the final and ran fourth, and then he went to Bathurst, you know, and he he only got beat ahead by Idyllic for that race, and yeah, he just sort of he just keeps stepping it up, and he's such a raw big horse that you know I think he's only just going to get better with time. Okay, you own him and you breed him, so. What was the reasoning behind going to four reasons? Who's doing a good job at start, but it's probably not one of the most commercial stallions available to you. So, what was the four a reason decision about? Yeah, there was there was <laughs> probably no real um, big decision. It was just with my mare, I used to um, try and pick New South Wales stallions, you know, and um, just for the bonuses and things at home. So I I, I was sticking to New South Wales bred stallions at the time and. Um, I think for reasons as good a horse as any on the market, yeah. It must be a real thrill to be up against the likes of Krug and Coppy getting an expensive ego with a horse you breed yourself because to be in the race is exciting, but when you breed them, obviously you know them from day dot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, you know, to have the best horses from New Zealand be invited and come across for a race like this and um and you know, like the best horses I, I think racing probably in Australia at the moment with expensive ego and and the likes, like, um, to be in a race against those sort of horses is just, it, it's an amazing thrill and something I never dreamed of. What, what sort of horse is he? Um, I know, obviously, he must be one of your favourites because you've had him for such a long time. And he's one of your better horses, but is he a nice horse to be around? Yeah, he's beautiful. Um, there's nothing special to him at all, Mick. He, he doesn't look special. <laughs> there's nothing out of um, out of the ordinary with him, but he's just, yeah, he's a beautiful big gelding and he's really easy to get on with and, um, as I said, he's quite big and quite raw. So I think, you know, um, when he still grows into himself more after this season has a break, I think he'll be a really nice four-year-old. Well, he mentioned the fact that this wasn't on your radar. So did he go to Queensland to aim at the Queensland Derby or was it just a chance to get away from the cold? Yeah, I think after Bathurst and his New South Wales Derby performances, I thought he'd earn himself a trip up here Um to have a go at the Queensland Derbies, and and that was the main aim of my trip. So I just brought the rest of the team with me, and um, yeah, the whole point of our trip was just to to aim him at the Queensland Derbies. You've got Brendan Barnes doing the driving so far. Is, is he going to do the driving this Saturday night in the Rising Sun? Yeah, so Brendan's done a good job, and um, he's driven him every start up here so far. So 
I'll keep him on for the rising sun. I feel like he's done a great, great job and, um, you know, to get him into the race. But, um, you know, whether I commit my dad to the Queensland Derby or something like that, who, who's his usual driver. But um, for this weekend, yeah, Brendan's done an amazing job on him so far. So, yeah, he'll he'll keep the drive in the, in the rising sun. Being a three-year-old, you're going to draw barrier one or two. Um, which one of those two do you want? Is your horse in... Who has the gate speed to use a barrier one, or does that get you worried you might get crossed by too many horses? Because if you draw barrier two, you're in the running line, but uh, then maybe your face taken out of your hands a bit. Yeah, I think one would be ideal for him, Mick. He doesn't have brilliant gate speed. Um, but yeah, you know, if he was to draw one and Krug two and he crossed him and sat on him, you know, I think he's going to get a pretty nice trip, even if we end up three fence, you know. but um, to be in the running line over the 2100 against those horses, I, I think it'd be a bit tougher on him. So, yeah, I'll be hoping for barrier one anyway. What's it like having a horse in a $250,000 race, and, and not just a race, because obviously he raced at the Derby, but a, a race which has a lot of excitement about it? Is it something which, when you wake up this morning, you think to yourself, right, we, uh, we better get this right this week? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, um, yeah, it's really quite surreal at the moment still and um yeah we'll have the barrier draw tonight and and the week ahead it's it's going to be full of excitement but yeah this morning i just thought right we've got to you know dot every i and cross every t this week nothing nothing will be missed jim well we know the family name so well we've had your dad on the show in the last couple of weeks and we've had all sorts of hewitts on over the last six months. Um, how many horses do you train? Because I, I think last time we spoke, you had about eight of work. Is that sort of a limit you stick to? Um, yeah, so I just, I've just i only got five at the moment, Mick, and I just stick to those sort of numbers. Um, I just usually like to keep a couple that I own myself in work and then a couple for a client, um, Wayne and Julie Loder. And yeah, I just sort of float around the five or six mark and that seems to suit me and the horses, you know, get all the attention and care that they need and and then I can do things like this too. You know, take trip away and and bring them all with me. And um, yeah, I, I really love working closely with my horses. So it's probably not something that I want to do. Is at this stage, is get much bigger. You know, I, I enjoy just just a small stable with my horses and just a, a few for clients. Your driving's been going well. You don't drive that often in town, but your driving has been consistently good at strike rate level. Are you hoping to get to a stage where you're qualified where you can drive the group ones? Uh, yeah and no. It, it doesn't phase me a lot, the driving, Mick. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy it back at Bathurst a lot. But um, up here, I haven't really driven a lot in Queensland, and, and that doesn't worry me. You know, I, I really prefer to um, focus on the training side of things, and it's probably I, I, I stress a lot about the driving too much. So it's good for me just to harness up and send them out. And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd prefer just to put the professional drivers on and, and watch. But, you know, sometimes on a on a weekday or something if I own one myself and I think it's a good chance. But, yeah, I don't mind jumping on. But um, for the bigger races and things like that, I, I think I'm better off just focusing on the training. Gemma, what other horses do you have in, in Queensland and how's the rest of the, the small stable be going? Yeah, so I've got um, Cash Stup's older brother, Cassius, back. He's been going really well on Saturday night. Um, he won at Redcliffe two weeks ago. And then I've got um, the two Kiang boys, so Kiang Cruiser, which won the group one before I come up here, and um, another one that I've purchased, Kiang Marvin. And then I've just got another three-year-old with me called Water Terror. So that's my team of five boys. And I sort of I bought a couple up for Dad that I've been taking care of. 
Um, but he arrived here this week, so they'll go back to him now. Well, for those people listening to this who are finding out more about the way you train, Jim, what's what's your go? Do you guys work them a mile and a half? Do you heat work them? Do you gallop them in the sand? What's the what's the Jimmer Hewitt training style? <laughs> so yeah, back at Bathurst, um, at Dad's, it's a more conventional. You know, we hobble, um, we do the mile and a half. Uh, we hobbled twice in the week, a mile and a half first trip, and then um, closer to the race, we're just working a mile. But when I've Queensland, I'm staying at Jack and Tara Butler's. Um, as you know, they've got a really nice sand track and they do all can of work here. So I've had to change it all up, all the work. And um, yeah, so they're just all galloping up here at, at the moment. And um, they all seem to be enjoying it. I think they thrive when they have a change in the environment too and a change of work. And it took me a little bit to get the feed probably um, right up here. I think they're doing a lot better up here at the moment than in the cold at home. So that's been just a bit of a, um, a learning curve for me with the feed. But, yeah, the training up here, they all enjoy the cantering and they're good at it. So at the moment, that's what they're doing. What's a good result for you this week, Jim? Like, I know you'd love to win the race, and I'm sure plenty of people would love to see you in the race, but what's a realistically top result? What would make you leave Albion Park happy on Saturday night, apart from the fact, of course, that cash stuff gets around to get you home safe? Yeah, of course, Mick. You know, I'm just happy that he's in the race. And as I said, I think he's going to be going up against some of the best horses in Australia at the moment. And, um, you know, just to be in the race is a thrill. And if he keeps up, it'll be great. But, you know, if he has a nice draw up the fence, if he could sneak into a fourth or fifth place, and you know, I'd be over the moon. But um, as I said, just to be in the race is, is amazing. And it's one step ahead of a lot of other horses in the country. So, yeah, no, it's just a great thrill to be in it. Jim, please tell us that as a New South Wales woman, you were able to watch State of Origin up there in enemy territory last week and, and enjoy that uh, with a few Queenslanders. <laughs> yeah, the guys I stay with are all usually from New South Wales, so it's pretty good that, um, yeah, we, we tuned in and it was good to say, yeah. Oh, well, congratulations on getting cashed up into the race. I know you had your, your first group one a few weeks ago. It's been a pretty amazing time for you. Enjoy the build-up. We hope you get barrier one when the draw goes on at 6.30 tonight. And, yeah, we hope you have a great result with, with Cast Up. But congratulations on what you've achieved from so far, Jim. No worries. Thanks, Mick. Thanks for, this. Thanks for your time. That's Gemma Hewitt, who has snuck Cashed Up, uh, the most improved three-year-old in New South Wales, into the rising sun. It's $250,000 at races at Albion Park on Saturday night. And the barrier draw on Sky Racing 2, Sky Racing 2, tonight on television at 6.30. So Jimmy's horse is guaranteed to draw barriers one or two. She'll share those barriers with Krug as the three-year-olds get the inside barriers over the four-year-olds, which means Amazing Dream, the Auckland Cup winner, will draw barrier three as the only mare in the race. We wish her the best of luck with her team of five up there in Queensland. Hopefully Ricky May is able to join us shortly because he was a remarkable and emotional story out of New Zealand yesterday. Just checking if he's available. Is Ricky with us now? Not with, not with us yet. We'll take a short break. We'll come back on the other side here on The Pace. We hope you're enjoying our show on a Monday morning. On the other side of this break, we'll talk to the man at the centre of one of the most remarkable stories in recent harness racing. Form Guide, brought to you by Tabs The Lock, new on the Tab app. TNC Supply, gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858.
A Marcus Oldham Diploma of Equine Management can lead to meaningful and rewarding careers, both domestically and worldwide. Marcus Oldham's close links with industry and international relationships, which include study tours and work placements, provides graduates with the unique opportunity to secure equine careers across various disciplines, including horse health, marketing and business management. Turn your passion into a profession with a Diploma of Equine Management and visit marcusoldham.vic.edu.au. Welcome back to On The Pace on a Monday morning. Hope your day has started well. Ricky May joins us on the phone now. Before we talk to him, some background. Last year, Rick, one of the champion drivers in New Zealand, suffered a heart incident in a race at Omacare on January the 2nd. He collapsed when leaving the field. Uh, he was, for a while, not, not with us. The doctors told him after an operation later that he had passed away. He was saved, resuscitated. He went to hospital, had an operation. He is now back driving. Yesterday, Ricky became only the third New Zealand rangeman ever to reign 3,000 winners after Tony Hurley and Morris McKendry. Ricky, thank you for joining us. That must have been a very special moment yesterday after all you've been through. Yeah, no, it was, Mick. Um, uh, yeah, it's been a wee bit to get back, but... Um Feels I've been driving pretty good lately, and uh, it's good to get the three thousand. Let's talk about the incident last year at Omacare on the bottom of the South Island in New Zealand. Um, you were told by doctors afterwards that you you took a short break from from us. You were uh, not well, and then they resuscitated you. They got you back, and you had an operation. Tell us about the operation and, and what it's meant for you, and how it affects you. Um, well, it doesn't affect me at all, really. It's, it's just a muscle in your heart. A lot of uh, people that are real fit actually get it. Um, the same sort of thing. It's it's pretty amazing, really. You certainly learn a lot. It's just the muscle's bigger inside your heart than a lot of other people, and um, it just cuts off your main valves. So that's what actually happened. I can't remember a thing. So, um, you know, I was obviously lucky where I was, I think, because, you know, a lot of people die of the same thing. So you had a, a like a pacemaker type thing put in your heart, Ricky. So if it does, yeah, it's a defibrillator. It gives me electric shock if it ever happens again. So um, have you yeah. have you had an electric shock from it, Ricky? No, I haven't. No, no. It's, it's just the safety, just there for safety. Basically, if it happens again and it kicks on straight away, so no, I've been as good as gold. After what was a pretty traumatic incident, Ricky, obviously which went live into people's homes in New Zealand and Australia. Did you talk to your wife, Judy, about maybe not coming back to racing? Or once your health returned, were you always going to drive again? Um, oh, no, I think it was a bit up in the air for a few months. Uh, I had a six-month stand down. So I wasn't allowed to drive a car or anything. Not not that I, I drove the tractors and that. I was still working on the farm, but... Um, no, I never really had a, a, a down moment after. Really, um, you know, once once everything had healed up, it was I was pretty good. And so then I decided, oh, I might as well have a go at going back to it. So uh, you know, I was um, sort of started off. Probably it took a bit to get back, but then I I was lucky. The first day I come back, I got seven drives from. You know, I didn't manage to win a race, but I got about five placing. So it sort of you know got me going again. You've driven in 22,000 races in New Zealand alone, Ricky. You've won seven New Zealand Cups. You are 
I know you'll be embarrassed to hear this, but a legend of the industry in New Zealand. When you first got back into sulky for fast work again after having a pretty traumatic incident, were you nervous at all? Uh, yeah, it was a wee bit strange, I'd have to say. Um, um, my good friends, uh, Lauren Tanner and uh, Benny Hill, took teams to Ashburton and I went down there and drove them and that probably helped a bit to get back to it. Yeah, it was a wee bit different for a while, but um, I actually really enjoyed it. So that sort of got me going again, yeah. 3,000 wins in New Zealand is an enormous amount of wins. It must be special to be in that club alongside Morris McKendrick, who's you've obviously known for a long time in your life. You're just born in the same yeah. small town you were born in. And Tony Hurley, because our champion names. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. A couple of great guys, great horsemen, and it's good to good to be up there, close to them. I wouldn't say, <laughs> certainly wouldn't be as good as them probably, but, um, you know, it's good to be there with them. Tell us about the moment yesterday at Addington in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon meeting, hardly the biggest one of the year. Tell us about the moment you, you returned to the stabling area after winning on She's an Artist, and I believe your fellow horse people clapped your home. Yeah, yeah, no, it was quite amazing, really. I, um, he's, you know, she's a bit of a tow horse, the one to take her back to the stables. They wanted to make a presentation, and uh, when I went back to the barn, they all clapped me in. I got a bit emotional, to be fair. It's, uh, it was a bit of an honour. Particularly in the South Island, Ricky, they're pretty stolid people. They're not the sort of people who <laughs> stand innovation very often. No, I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> no, I was, I was, yeah, I was pretty stoked, actually. Mate, obviously you don't drive a lot in Australia these days, but you've had great success in New South Wales. You've won Miracle Miles with Monkey King and all those years ago with the Rackleys. Would, would you like to get on a plane and come back to Australia at some stage and drive a good horse there again? Because you've you've won five or six good ones in Australia. Yeah, no, I've won quite a few good ones. Um, but I suppose if you had a good enough horse, but they've got to be pretty good. Um, you know, they've got to be the best to compete when they come all that way. Uh Oh, you know, I've probably, uh, probably done my time that way and uh, just carry on in New Zealand. Are you going to keep driving, Ricky? I, I can't imagine you've got too many other things you'd rather be doing on a Friday night. <laughs> no, no, my wife might think different, but I'll carry on for a wee bit, yeah, and see how we go. But you drove Christian Cullen, you drove Iraklis, you've driven Mon Bay, you've driven Terra to Love. Who's the best horse? And all those years and all that success and all those 3,000 wins, who's the best horse Ricky Mays driven? Yeah, everyone asks me the same question. Um, geez, Monkey King did a phenomenal job, like even come to Australia and won a Miracle Mile. When, when um, like Menangle first opened, that was the first Miracle Mile on Menangle, and it wasn't the fastest, and he went 51. Um, Tura Love was huge runs in the Cups. He, he was such a phenomenal star. They both were really, but probably had to put the two of them together really and I mean the best meter would have to be Mainland Banner I guess she went super in the cup as well You drove Christian Cullen what was Christian Cullen like to drive? He's actually quite a hard horse to drive uh, yeah like uh, he used to hang him out of bit and you know he was a phenomenal horse I know he went super um, but um, I sort of made a choice between Iraklis and him, when they come to the Miracle Mile, I thought the older horse would be better, but as it turned out, it wasn't. But, uh, you know, Iraklis did a super job as well. 
who is the fastest, Ricky? Who, what, what's the fastest you've ever gone on a horse? Because there are athletes, Christian Cutter and a Monkey King. Um, that's a lot of speed. Yeah, no, I suppose Monkey King, um, he could. He, he was sensational fast for the size of him. Um, he was really, really quick. So uh, it's hard to say. There's probably not much between them, but uh, he, he, he was super fast. Rick, now when you you think about what happened yesterday and you were there with Judy and you had your dad there, Terry, which is, is awesome also. He's a guy who trained and drove. When you drive home or you have some time to yourself, do you look back on what's happened over the last 18 months of your life and do you do you feel lucky or is it something that you put in the past and just try and get on with life? Yeah, well, I probably, you know, never, never, never look back. I was always told you always look forward Um no, I've never dwelled on it really. I just carried on, and you know what happens happens, doesn't it? Um, that sort of happened out of the blue, so you just don't think about it. You just carry on. All right, Ricky. If I could wave a magical wand and say you could win any major race before you eventually retire, which may well be five years away yet, what's the one <laughs> race you would still love to win? Um. Only, I've won just about every one, and the only one I haven't won is the New Zealand Derby, believe it or not. I've got placed a few times in it, but haven't actually won it, so just got to get on a good three-year-old. Well, mate, we'll see what we can organise. Uh, Ricky, <laughs> congratulations on uh, on yesterday joining a very elite club, and mate, there are so many people on both sides of the Tasman, and further afield, uh, thrilled that you're still sticking around and we still get to see the gold cap. Uh, all right, no, thanks very much, Pete. Ricky May, remarkable story coming out of New Zealand. We appreciate his time this morning uh, joining the 3,000 win club yesterday at Addington, 18 months after basically dying on the track at Omakau in New Zealand. So Mark Callaghan is joining us now. I'm sure you probably caught the back end of that, Mark. It's a, a remarkable story, the Ricky May story, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Had a pleasure meeting Rick a few times when he's been out in Australia and uh, a gentleman, a better gentleman you couldn't meet. He's actually driven out your way too. He drove at Newcastle. I think he drove Stars and Stripes on a head of the Intermediates at Newcastle. That's where you're heading this afternoon. That's our New South Wales meeting today. First race there goes at one twenty-one. Mate, we thank you for joining us because you've got a pretty busy team in here today. Now, if you don't mind, we'll go through a couple of them. And the first on the card, you've got right about her. One you train yourself. There's not much form there, Mark. Is there any ability? Uh, she's only a new addition to my stable. She only came a couple of weeks ago. She's only in fantastic order. She's settling really well. Um, I'm a uh, ten uh, favourite in the race, which would be really hard to beat. Uh, but uh, she, uh, she certainly, certainly should run well. Okay, race two, mate. You've got she's a blue chip. You're on the second line. Uh, over the 1,609 metres, over the mile. Um, look, looks one of the better horses in the race, but it's going to be hard to give what now Shannon, the stable, made a start. But uh, she's run the second line. Um, These probably a little bit of luck, but uh, last start win was really good. And uh, I'm sure she ran well. Uh, the others got to in the race with the other... Uh, with the other... This would be hard to beat, but she uh, she certainly uh, should have run well. Mark, third on the card, you're driving She's Heavenly from Barrier 5. Yeah, uh, never driven this horse before. 
Uh, raced well last start when I started at Maitland, not beaten far, so hopefully a bit more improvement today, right in the right in the action. Right, one new train mark in race four is Motu Sapphire, but you're not driving it. Dan Morgan, so what's the reason behind that? Oh, the only reason is uh, I don't particularly get on real well with her, so I prefer to put uh, someone else on at the race if I if I can. And uh, done a lot of driving for me over the years with some success and. Uh, hopefully we can have a little bit more today, a little bit of a tricky draw inside the back row. Only a small field now with the odds on the favourite coming out of the race, so she should uh, she should get a chance. Mate, in race five, you drive for Cameron Davies' Duastark. It's a nice barrier from barrier three. Uh, does it have the gate speed to use that barrier? It does have gate speed. Another one I'll be driving for the first time. Uh, it's only had the two runs here in Australia, probably been a tad disappointing in those two runs but Cameron's a good trainer, I'm sure he'll be able to turn around and hopefully today's a day But I don't mind a horse of yours in race 6 Sky Diamond, I know it doesn't tend to have a lot of luck in its races and it's got barrier 8 again today but I thought Sky Diamond had a win in it somewhere sometime soon Yeah he's going probably better than his numbers suggest, he's down into a grade where he should be competitive most of the time, and we, um, hasn't done any favours today, as you say, but he's got a bit of strength about him if they run the race upside down. But in race seven, you're on repartee, another one from your barn. You had to scratch one of yours, but you've got repartee in there. Any hope? Yeah, she's a hope. She should get a lovely trip from the, a good gate, and uh, she's probably going a little bit better than the numbers suggest, so she's certainly uh, some type of hope. And mate, in the last on the card, you've got the former Kiwi, Glenn Ford. It's, of course, he's probably got a few bit of ability. Um, is it in the right type of race today? He's probably racing just a tad below his best, Nick, but um, it was certainly a dropping grade today for him, so I'm hoping he can uh, fill his best form and I'll be there about to the finish the 2,000 metres really suits him and uh, hopefully he can run well. Well, Mark, as you know, lockdown can be a bit depressing for people in Sydney. So, have you got one worth us having a beat on at Newcastle this afternoon, mate? Uh, if Motu Sapphire has some luck from the inside of the back row, uh, I think she can be thereabouts. And and I'm um, hoping Rebatis, uh can bounce back from the favourable draw as well. Mark, we appreciate you joining us this afternoon, mate. Um, I hope things go well this afternoon at Newcastle and that you can get a winner or two. No problem, Nick. Thanks very much, Mark. That's Mark Callahan giving us the horses to follow uh, racing starting at Newcastle today, 121. So 121 to you. Odds available on au. Huge week of harness racing. Uh, focused mainly on Queensland, the inaugural Rising Sun to be run at Albion Park on Saturday night with that New South Wales interest. Barrier draw 6.30 tonight on Sky 2. 6.30 tonight on Sky 2. The market's open soon after on tab.com.au. Hope you enjoyed On the Pace this morning. We appreciate the time with Jimmy Hewitt, Ricky May and Mark Callaghan. We're off to get some more selections to help you try and back a winner for this Monday. If you are having a bet, we wish you the best of luck.